his people apart from the world. And yet holiness is so much more than what we do. It's what we're called to be. Because our God is holy, we shall be holy. We shall be set apart. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. My name is Ben Chapman. I have the opportunity to lead our church, one of the pastors on staff here. And it's always a, a, a great privilege to be with you. And I'm excited, man. Uh, so we got baptism. We got all the. How about Ronisha? Y'all, y'all give it up for Ronisha. And we're gonna, you, you're doing so well. We're going to throw up your IG up here, you know, give you, give you some cred. You know, that was my best attempt, so just forgive me. But if you would, stand with me as we read God's word this morning. During the meet and greet, I was shaking so many hands, and somebody elbowed me in the chin. I think knocked my jaw out of place, so y'all, y'all pray for me. If you have your Bibles, it will be Hebrews chapter 7, verse 23 through 28. If you would join me, you can read from your Bibles or on the screen. This is the English Standard Version. It says, The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost. Everybody say uttermost. Those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He has no need like those high priests to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins and then for those of the people, since he did this once for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints men in their weakness." As high priest. But the word of the oath, which came later than the law, appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you. God, we need you today. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for illuminating scripture during the 915 service. I trust that you will do that again in this service. God, as we are gathered together, we're here, Lord Jesus, to lift each other up. But most importantly, to lift you up. Father, I'm asking that you would just penetrate our heart, mind, and soul, and spirit. God, I pray that you would move in a great way. Jesus, I pray if anybody came longing for a word, that you would give it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Would you give somebody a high five as you are seated this morning? We find ourselves combing through scripture in the theme of holiness being set apart is what that word means altogether different and we have started this year with our prayer and fasting how many did that with us yeah a few of you come on somebody you're eating again so you don't even remember you know and you got the 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 food coma but I just want to let you know man that was an incredible time as a church as we prayed and fast together And then we move through this series, and our hope is to continually move you along in the theme of holiness. First off, 
as we describe the theme of holiness, we have to understand what does it mean to be unholy. Uh, God's original intent for a holy people, holiness defined, and then holy lists lost through Adam and Eve, through sin and us choosing to go our own way, us thinking we know what's better than God, right? That's nothing new. And, and, and we moved in that. And today I want to talk about holiness restored. And I want to, I want to move in this place of, of dovetailing uh, off of what we talked about last week of holiness, holiness, um, the atonement and talking about the atonement. And so the day of atonement, Yom, Yom Kippur was this moment where, where the high priest would, he would sacrifice a lamb and then he would send the goats out into the wilderness, talking about our sins being removed from us. Once a year, there was this moment that happened for us that was so incredible to to begin to pave way for what God wanted to do in our life. We fast forwarded that the last week's sermon, we didn't just leave you on a cliff. We actually concluded with how Jesus is the ultimate lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. But I want to back up and I want to talk about why priest and sacrifice, sacrifices weren't sufficient enough for us as unholy people. It wasn't sufficient enough. First off, we see the priest. The priest making sacrifices over and over and over again. This is something the Lord set up in the Levitical law. How many of you know the law is good? Okay, two people. And the, the law is good because the law reveals. The law reveals when you're at a place of disobedience. When God came, we were separated. We, we knew we were bad people. How many of you know you're messed up? You're bad people. Yes, I'm jacked up. If you want to know, I'm jacked up. I'm messed up. I fall short over and over again. But the law reveals just how jacked up you are. Just how much mess we made out of everything. It's much like this. Have you ever been speeding down the highway? The, and you get, you get clocked and all of a sudden you get pulled over. And, and you thought you were going fast. But when he tells you how fast you were going, all of a sudden you realize just how messed up and how fast you were Traveling down the highway, isn't that true? When he says, you're going 30 over, oh, officer, no, I wasn't. I, it, it felt like five over. <laughs> See, the law dictates the offenses, and it outlines them, and it lets you know of how offended or offensive you are towards a holy God. And when God set up the law, he put into place the priest, the Levitical priesthood in place to make atonement for us, to make sacrifices for us. But how many know the priest was not sufficient because as we just read in Hebrews, even the priests were jacked up. And for a jacked up person to try to make something right for another jacked up person just doesn't seem like justice, does it? It doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem like that's how it should be. The high priest had an allotted day where he could cleanse himself to make that ultimate day of atonement. And from Aaron all the way to the destruction of the temple in 70 AD, there were 83 high priests. Alluding to this, telling us this. High priest, die. They, they don't just, they aren't just have some insufficiency, but they actually have a lifespan. Their time runs out. It's finite. 
They aren't perpetual beings. They, 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 they run out of time and we see this and therefore we know that the high priest is just insufficient to ultimately make sacrifice year after year. And when Jesus prophesied in Matthew 24, 2, when he was looking at his disciples, he said, hey, look at that temple over there. I want to let you know that every stone will be torn down. And he was dismantling a human sacrificial system because he was making a way for himself to be the ultimate sacrifice. In himself, pure, holy, perfect, without sin. He has perpetuity. He, he lasts forever. He's eternal. All these things. In himself, he will be a sacrifice that could be given once and for all. And that was enough. But the priest in this system that we read about, it was just insufficient. But we like priests, don't we? We like priests. I like the white collar. I like the idea of going to confess to a priest. You grow up confessing to a priest. A few of us. A few of us did. Maybe you grew up going to the altar looking for a pastor, looking for a campus minister to pray for you, looking for a, a moment because when they're around you, they feel like they're closer to God. Have you ever been around somebody you feel closer to God? You see, we, we in America, we love middlemen. You know what I mean? It's like we love the middleman. A lot of capitalism is founded upon the middleman. Like, could we just go wholesale to buyer? No, we need a retailer. We need somebody to go in the middle, to be an advocate for us, to move in the middle and to, to, to make our cases known and to confront things that we don't really want to confront or talk about. Some of your family systems are like this, right? Hey, you tell your sister, right, that she needs to clean her room. You tell dad, you're talking to mom, you tell dad that I'm really upset with him because he didn't come to my event. And so we end up confronting through a mediator. A lot of times the, the people, when you have thousands of years of religion and faith and, and this shadow that existed in the Old Testament, people are trained to have a mediator, this moment of going through another person to get to God. But today, I want to alleviate that burden and that pressure because when Jesus came, he was the great mediator, but he wasn't just a man who stayed dead. He wasn't just finite, but he was infinite, and he was God himself, which is the actual access to the throne room of God. Amen. This is what Jesus did. This is who he is. But I love a mediator. I need to go to somebody. I want to tell you that God has given you access today. He has given you access and paved the way his sacrifice equates to access. This is what we need to know. We also see that the priests, they, they were good for a time. And I, I don't, you know, I'm a pastor. You're a hypocrite right now. I'm a pastor. There, there's elders. There's, there's moments of oversight for the church but by no means will I ever be God for you. I will not save you, and I will not have all wisdom within myself for you. You need Jesus. We need Jesus. We came today because we need him. 
because we want to meet with him because we want to see him and oh we'll help point you there oh we'll teach you and equip you we'll move in this place of of training you we should train up the church in godliness we should train up the church on how to hear Jesus how to see Jesus we'll train you up we'll teach you we'll walk us alongside of you you'll teach me You'll teach me, we'll teach each other in the community. The church will grow together in a beautiful way. And ultimately, God will be our shepherd. Jesus will be the great shepherd. Isn't that what he says? He's a shepherd. We're sheep. Sheep. Sheep don't know a lot. Sheep get lost. Sheep run away. Sheep don't even know how to feed themselves. They need a shepherd. We also see that the priests were insufficient for holiness to be restored. It was a mere shadow, but the sacrifices were also insufficient and were a shadow of what was to come. You see, it was great to find a pure lamb, some two turtle doves. You know, it was great to find that. It was great to find these sacrifices, but how many know there's not enough lambs in the world to cover the sin and the separation and the level of depravity that we entered into, there's not enough sheep, not enough bulls, not enough lambs. We'll run out. It's finite. Jesus set up the law to reveal to us our offense towards him. He set up the sacrificial system to be a shadow of what he was going to fulfill through himself. And this is good news. Because it means that we can rest in what he said and what he promised and what he's going to do. You see, you have the priest insufficient. You have the sacrifice insufficient. But you have a promise that can stand the test of time. And the promise is the relationship with Jesus that we could have a relationship with him, that we can constantly go to him. And how much do we long for some permanence in our life? Something that is concrete. I mean, my soul longs for something concrete, something reliable, something that I can count on. Have you ever bought anything that broke the next day? How angry are you? It was supposed to fix this. I had really bad acne in high school. I don't know if I just used the same towel over and over. I don't know if it was my brothers and I were sharing oils. I don't know what it was, but it was all over my face. And it was just, it was, it was breaking out. And there was all these promises that this would work. How many of you bought into those? You're like, this will cleanse you. I'm like doing it five times a day. And now I have dry skin and acne. Have you ever put your trust in something that let you down? Have you ever put your hope and faith in something that you thought was going to fulfill, but it actually wasn't fulfillment? For some of you, it was a relationship. You thought that if you were just with that person, if you gave yourself fully to them, emotionally and physically, it would satisfy your longings. But you found, as you fast forward, it just fell short. It fell flat. This happens over and over and over again. It falls short. It falls flat. It moves in this place. Y'all don't worry about that. We don't need that. Can't even count on the projector. Somebody preach. 
We want to count on it. And we don't want lipstick on a pig. We don't want something just to dress it up to make ourselves feel better. We want authenticity. We want the real thing. How many of you have seen scaffolding and you've seen all these things that are being made and, 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 and it's going up. It's temporary structures to build something more permanent. The scaffolding is found in the Old Testament. Temporary structures to build something more permanent. I'm going to free up our projector, our production team. You can just turn that off. We'll just turn that off today. Y'all are awesome. Thank y'all for troubleshooting that. We want permanence. We want the real thing. We want relationship. And relationship is with Jesus. Jesus holy and fully. He's the one that we want. He's what we need. It's what we came to. He is the relationship that restores us completely. Have you ever tried to restore something? We love restoration, don't we? I love restoration projects. Like yeah, DIY. HGTV? Huh? Joanna and Chip Gaines, like, restore the thing. Have you ever moved in a place and could you imagine buying a $300,000 purchase that was completely restored? New paint on the walls, new tile, new flooring. You're like, this place rocks. It's awesome. Three months later, all of a sudden you see black mold coming through the sheetrock, penetrating, and it's infested your $300,000 investment. Anybody out there? The author's open after service. Why? Because they covered up the problem with paint. They never went down to the studs. They never went down to the source of the problem. They never took all the sheetrock off. They never saw the problem, addressed the problem, and then began to rebuild it. I want to tell you that Jesus didn't come just to paint the walls of your heart. He came to come in and strip it down and move it to the stud and start cleaning it and ridding it of all the filth and all the unholiness. And I'm saying, what's wrong? I will make rights. What's unholy? I will make whole I am the God who doesn't just save but I'm going to restore the relationship amen? amen this is what Jesus wants for us he wants to restore you John chapter 1 verse 12 and 13 you can turn your phones if you want says this but to all who did receive him who believed in his name he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood nor the will of the flesh nor the will of man but of God. Jesus came to make you children of God. He has moved into a place to take everything broken and start making it right. He is the restorative source for everything that we need in life. The old was but a shadow, a temporary painting, one stud at a time. Felt like you were always doing this remodel because it kept growing back. But Jesus moves. And when he moves, he puts an impenetrable coating on the studs of your heart. And he says, sin will not get you. It will not affect you. It will not grab you. But you are mine. And you are mine until the day that you come home to live with me. Because I go to prepare a house for you. In my house are many rooms. Do I not say that? I come to prepare a place 
for you. This is what Jesus wants. We read first Peter 2, 9 through 10. It says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now, now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You've received it. A holy people, a royal priesthood. The priest fulfilled a purpose. We're not mad at the Old Testament. There was a fulfillment of purpose so that the high priest Jesus could come to fulfill the purpose of turning his church, his bride, into priests themselves. What did the priest equate to? Priest meant access. Priest meant relationship. Priest meant that they could go into the holy of holies in front of the throne room and they could abide with him. Jesus came so that we could abide with him, live with him. He came to call us into his family. Interesting about the shadow, you have the only people who were priests were Aaron and the Levites. And it was sons of sons of sons. It was an inheritance within the family. Jesus has made another inheritance that we could be sons of the most high God, that we could be his family. Aren't you grateful? We read an Athanasius, an African theologian, would simply say one quote that I would love for you to write down. He said this, he became what we are so that he might make us what he is. I'm gonna say that one more time. He became what we are so that he might make us what he is. Jesus has made you a holy people, a restored people, a new people. God is moving in your heart and your life. He wants to continue this relationship with you. He wants to grow it and mature it so that you become more like him. The fragrance of Christ comes out of you. You ever been around anybody smell really good? You may remember that. Sometimes I remember the people smell really bad. So it's really sad. I'm going to tell you there's a fragrance or a aroma or a smell that comes off those who are set apart been redeemed, restored, and have become a holy people. You look different. You look different to your teammates. You look different to your coworkers. You look different to your spouse, to your children. You look different. You smell different. There's a newness on you. This is why Christ came, to put a newness inside of us to resurrect us to a perpetual life forever with him.
you would, bow your head and close your eyes with me. I want to lead us into a couple of questions. For perhaps you could listen to a podcast. We have people online watching. But there's something powerful when the people of God come together in a place, a vicinity. We move together in a place and we're all asking the same question in a corporate asking and a corporate repentance and a corporate prayer that I believe that God moves in power over your life when you do this. We see it scripturally and I've seen it played out in my life Sunday after Sunday. Question one, Jesus. Is there anything in the walls of my house? Jesus, is there anything growing, any sin manifesting, anything that I was so afraid to talk about, I just like covering up and when it reveals itself, I just get more paint. But I never dealt with the real issue. Jesus, is there anything in my life that I need to bring into your holiness? under your Lordship. Maybe he's revealing a particular thing. I'm a man who's gone through a lot of therapy, a lot of counseling, CBT, a lot of different techniques, bringing up wounds and trauma in my soul. And I've been given ways to cope and manage and release some things, but I wanna tell you, the greatest one who can heal a broken heart, the greatest one who can heal trauma in your soul, the greatest one is King Jesus, the one who gave his life for the very thing you're dealing with, for the very sin that has plagued you. Maybe it's a sin of omission. Maybe it's a sin that you've done. Maybe it's sin that happened to you. Jesus wants to heal it. So Lord, as you reveal that, I pray that you would just come and that you would just speak so gently and instruct your children how to invite you in to begin to heal that which is broke. Maybe the Lord is speaking to you. Maybe it's a confession. Maybe you need to go tell somebody. Maybe you need to write something down. Maybe simply you just need to worship. I'm not sure what he's instructing you to do, but I ask that you would be obedient. For God loves obedience more than sacrifice. Father, thank you for your church. Thank you for what you're doing this morning. We're so grateful. Holiness is restored through Jesus. We love you. Amen.
Would you stand with me as we get ready to receive communion this morning? And as we do, I want to show you a quick video. No, we don't have that. I'm sorry. What I love is a church can operate 100% without technology. And we're going to go celebrate after communion. We're going to go celebrate Victoria Collins, who decided in faith, I'm going to get baptized. It's awesome. And that's a big step because we, she said, I want to get baptized today. It's going to be cold. Victoria's like cold plunge. She goes, I don't care. I got to go. So after communion, <clears throat> we receive communion. The team's going to lead us and usher will dismiss you from the back to the front. And you'll simply take communion. And if you want to go participate in this baptism, you can come out this door. And then if you need to go on out, then free, feel free to do that. Um, but I want to lead us through communion. I want to bless these elements this morning, and then we'll have the team lead us in worship. So, Father, I thank you for your body that was broken for us. Jesus, I want to read uh, Acts 4.11. This Jesus is a stone that was rejected by you, by, by, by the people around, the builders, which had be become the cornerstone. This Jesus, the stone that was rejected by you, the builders. He has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So, Father, I thank you for your body that was broken for us to lead us, to guide us for salvation. Bless this bread. And Father, for the cup that was poured out for the forgiveness of sins. God, I thank you for your blood that was shed the great atonement. You did it. Just like you said you would. And we are so grateful. We're grateful for your blood. Father, if anybody feels unforgiveness in here, I pray, Jesus, they would come to the table and when they take of the blood this morning, I pray in a powerful way, Jesus, that you would bring forgiveness over them, that they would receive what they've already declared, but would they receive it in a full measure this morning? We thank you for that. In Jesus' name.